All right, it's time for Wrestling With Theology, episode number 113, Pro Wrestling America from Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. In this card, we have Pro Wrestling America formally invading the territory of big-time wrestling run by Gary Hart in Indianapolis. But before we get to the card, I'm going to change things up in the format here. Some of you may know, if you follow the blog, there are house shows that happen on the weekends, Friday and Saturday nights, in between the podcast cards. So I'm actually going to run through what happens in those cards, because some of it does apply to the matches that are going on, and it just helps to get a better understanding of the storylines as they appear. So 12 big matches on the card. But first we go back to February 12th, Akron, Ohio. Jushin Liger defeated Iron Mike Sharp in the opening match. Jesse James Armstrong defeated Shane Douglas. Rick Rude defeated Buzz Sawyer in his debut, in his singles debut in the PWA. The Von Erich brothers defeated the Moondogs by disqualification. Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones defended their world tag team titles against the fabulous Freebirds, picking up the win, continuing their winning streak. And then the main event that night was a non-title match where Undertaker defeated Sting. And the next night, we're in Columbus, Ohio, February 13th. Sting is in Indianapolis getting the invasion set up. But in Columbus, you have Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert defeating Billy Gunn in the opening match. Chris Candido defeating Steve Carino in a great brawl. Continuing the Gentleman's Feud, Austin Idol defeated Gentleman Chris Adams with the Las Vegas leg lock. Jimmy Golden defeated Kurt Henning. Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown defeated the Dangerous Duo. And then in the main event, Terry Funk defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in a highly contested match. Probably more coming of that match up in the coming weeks. Then we move to the next weekend, February 19th, Dayton, Ohio. Opening match, Great Kabuki defeating Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert by countout. Terry Gordy defeated Jesse James Armstrong with the Oriental Spike. Shane Douglas defeated Special Delivery Jones. Brickhouse Brown barely kept his own sanity as he faced off against Dirty Dutch Mantel in a non-title match. I'm sure there will be more coming of the Brickhouse Brown-Dirty Dutch Mantel angle in the near future. But the main event of that night was Bobo Brazil defeating Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Then we go to last Saturday. Cincinnati, Ohio. Opening match, Iron Mike Sharp. Shocking win over Iceman King Parsons with the loaded gauntlet, of course. Jerry Lawler defeated Mance Warner after throwing a fireball in his face. Buzz Sawyer, continuing his feud with Dirty Dutch Mantel, picks up the win. There have been problems between Goldust and Kurt Henning for the last month or so in their matches. So... Just to try to get it all out there, I put them against each other in a best-of-three-falls match with Goldust picking up two falls to Kurt Henning's one. And then a cage match with the Moondogs defeating the Von Erich brothers, picking up from the previous week's match where the Von Erichs 
defeated the Moondogs by disqualification. So now, here we are. February 24th, Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. A couple of arrivals on the scene going into this card. David Von Erich joining his nephews, Ross and Marshall. Rasta the Voodoo Man and Eric Embry all coming in. The Moondogs had sent in their, uh, their decision to leave the PWA, but still holding their contract up to fight the card that they had that night. So they're leaving after the card. Twelve big matches on the card. Here we go. First match, Eric Embry versus Rasta the Voodoo Man. Rasta dominates the match, yet resorts to knocking Embry out with his staff. Kind of a pointless way of doing it, but this is building Rasta up as just that cagey heel that nobody wants to mess with, but he's not going to go very far because he's one of these guys that I'm putting in the television title division, but not actually planning on giving him a title unless I can sign Papa Shango and maybe put him and Rasta together to face off against Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones for the World Tag Titles. That would be an awesome match. But Rasta does pick up the win, knocking Embry out with the staff in a time of 6 minutes 50 seconds. The second match had Chris Candido facing off against Iron Mike Sharp, and Candido just completely dominates Sharp. Sharp tries to pull out the loaded armband again, but Candido ducks hits him with a German suplex to roll him up for the pen in 4 minutes 11 seconds. First match on the card, pitting Pro Wrestling America and Big Time Wrestling against each other. Pro Wrestling America's Brett Wayne Sawyer facing off against Big Time Wrestling's Colorado Kid Mike Rapata, who at one time was a member of the PWA. And Brett shines brightly against the PWA alum is a good match, but a short match, with Brett picking up the win with a sleeper hold at 4 minutes 24 seconds. The second cross-promotion match featured Billy Gunn representing the PWA versus Sammy Callahan from Big Time Wrestling. And this was a brutal match. Weapons galore, both men busted open, with Callahan finally picking up the win in a time of 12 minutes 44 seconds after the knee KO, after he had moved away from Billy Gunn's famous serve. Now we have the television title match, which has become kind of a revolving thing now, as Brickhouse Brown defends the title this time once again against Michael Hayes. And Brickhouse Brown picks up the win by disqualification in a time of 4 minutes 11 seconds when Hayes gets himself disqualified by throwing salt into Brickhouse Brown's eyes. Gordy comes out to beat down on Brickhouse until Iceman chases both of the Freebirds from the ring. This is that time where you could have had a much better match, but this was designed specifically to turn the Freebirds heels. They had been faces, but now making them heels to give a bigger, better feud with Iceman and with Brickhouse Brown. Because, well, Brickhouse Brown seems to be getting a lot of feuds lately because he is the television champion. 
Next match, Moondog's last match as they face off once again with the Von Erich brothers. And throughout the 18 minutes of the match, the Moondogs bust both of the Von Erichs open. Chairs get involved. Chains get involved. David comes down to try to break up the carnage, but he turns on Ross and puts the iron claw on him and Spot pins Marshall for the win. This is what I've always wanted to see. Von Erich as a heel. So I bring David Von Erich in, the golden boy of the Von Erichs, as possibly the biggest heel outside of The Undertaker. So that is going to be a great time to think of how to draw him out as a heel, which he did in Florida for a short time there, but he was always a crowd favorite in Dallas. So you just... Just having David as a heel is just going to be a great kick for me. All right, next match, 30-minute time limit. Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels facing off against Jesse James Armstrong. Hard-fought match between these two with both wrestlers hurting at the end as both men try to really take the legs out of the other. Jesse James Armstrong finally wins the match in a time of 27 minutes and 8 seconds with the shake, rattle, and knee drop after putting up his knees for Daniel's best moonsault ever. Now we get to the first of two elimination matches between the PWA and the PBTW. In this one, the PWA has Rick Rude, Terry Gordy, Undertaker, David Von Erich, and Terry Funk facing off against Big Time Wrestling's Ricky Morton, Tom Pritchard, Fabulous Lance, Reno Riggins, and Chris Benoit. And this was a great match for those who love the Survivor Series style matches, which is a reminder that Wrestle, Wrestle Extravaganza, the last Wrestle Extravaganza that I have planned is the fifth Wednesday in March featuring the Survivor Series pay-per-views from 1987 to 2000. So I encourage you to be there for that if you enjoy these matches. But here we go. PWA-BTW elimination match number one. Undertaker easily gets rid of Riggins very early on. Terry Gordy defeats Lance. Chris Benoit takes out The Undertaker. Ricky Morton takes out David Von Erich. Terry Funk then eliminates Benoit with the pile driver. Tom Pritchard gets rid of Terry Gordy. Rick Rude defeats Ricky Morton with the Rude Awakening. And then Terry Funk finishes off the match, eliminating Tom Pritchard with the pile driver. The entire match takes about 37 minutes. So your, your survivors for... This match are PWA's Rick Rude and Terry Funk. Next cross-promotional match. Kurt Henning and Goldust representing PWA against Bully Ray and Mark Briscoe of BTW. Again, as I said, house show I had the two of them try to settle their differences in a best of three falls match. Here... They say they've got everything all straightened out. Well, six minutes into the match, Goldust turns on Henning to let Briscoe pin him to win the match. Six minutes, 32 seconds. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this tag team is done. And 
once Bully Ray and Mark Briscoe leave the ring, Goldust is still there standing over his partner, picks him up, puts him in the corner, gives him the curtain call, smacks him upside the face, and then another curtain call before finally leaving the ring to the booze of the crowd. Now we move on into match number 10 on the card. Pro Wrestling America versus Big Time Wrestling Elimination Match number 2, where our faces face off against their heels. So in this match, you have Bobo Brazil, Austin Idol, Chris Adams, Iceman King Parsons, and Buzz Sawyer representing the PWA, Big Show, Nikita Koloff, Crusher Khrushchev, Kurt Angle, and Earthquake representing Big Time Wrestling. And again, another great match with a whole cast of characters. It could have gone so many different ways. But here is how this one went. 45-minute match. Nikita Koloff eliminated Bobo Brazil with a Russian sickle. Then, less than two minutes later, he eliminates Austin Idol with the same Russian sickle. Buzz Sawyer eliminates Crusher Khrushchev. And then eliminates Earthquake by disqualification. Kurt Angle then goes and eliminates Buzz immediately following that. Gentleman Chris Adams eliminates the Big Show with a little help from Iceman King Parsons. Kurt Angle then forced Iceman King Parsons to tap out to the ankle lock, and Nikita Koloff nearly decapitated Gentleman Chris Adams to end the match. Your survivors, big time wrestlings, Nikita Koloff and Kurt Angle. Another awesome match with a great cast of characters, as I said. Now we come to the first, the second of the three title matches on the card, the American Heavyweight title. Great Moodle once again defending the title against Jimmy Golden. And this was a much shorter match than their previous match, with Muda picking up the win after misting Golden in a time of 16 minutes, 23 seconds. Muda is still staying as a face, but he just is getting sick and tired of Jimmy Golden and his antics. So now the main event. What brought us, air quotes, brought us to Indianapolis in the first place. PWA, BTW, World Heavyweight Title Unification Match. PWA World Heavyweight Champion Sting versus BTW World Heavyweight Champion Hunter Hearst Helmsley. In this match, the promoters are in the corners. So I, Southern Dynamite, Doug Minton, am in Sting's corner. Gary Hart is in Triple H's corner. And in this match, great respect was shown for each other. Sting eventually wins when Triple H taps out from the Scorpion Deathlock in 40 minutes and 48 seconds. Hart steps into the ring with the BTW World Heavyweight title and hands it over very reluctantly to Sting. I jump in and present Sting with his PWA World Heavyweight title. And then Sting decks me with both titles and announces that he's leaving the PWA to go to BTW because Hart knows how to run a promotion. The crowd is shocked as the big-time wrestling roster swarms the ring to congratulate their new champ. And the crowd is just speechless. It's that, that moment when Brock Lesnar beat 
Undertaker to stop the streak at WrestleMania. It was just that Paul Heyman's face there, that was basically the face of the crowd. My face? I'm looking up at the lights because I'm completely out. A couple of the PWA guys come to bring me out of the ring, and now I have to figure out what I'm going to do with this world heavyweight title because now Sting has left the organization with the title. We had big plans. He and I had worked them out, but he decides, surprise, I'm leaving. And that is part of the shock value that is so wonderful in wrestling. Because if you get to a point where I can give you a list of the matches for a card and you can definitely tell me with 99% accuracy who's going to win and how they're going to win, what point is watching? I mean, there is no point. And for a long time, WWE was running with a one-in-one booking system where you had these feuds that they would go on for the better part of a year or so, but you would only have them actually fight, as most of the matches seem to be now, on the pay-per-views. So you'd have each guy winning one, so there was no actual real winner in there. That's not me. I can't do that. I like to have the storyline. I like to have it bring along into the matches, into the house shows, and so forth. Now, this was a cross-promotion card. As I put together the BTW, just randomly picked wrestlers to put in and pick their World Heavyweight Champion out of that random pick. But cross-promotion rivalries are something that has really been lost since the end of the territory days in the late 80s. And even with the big names, you had many times where the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and the WWF World Heavyweight Champion fought each other. Back in the late 70s, 77, 78, 79, you had matches between Harley Race and Bob Backlund, or Harley Race and Superstar Billy Graham, or you had Ric Flair facing Rick Martel for the AWA, or there was one where you had NWA, WWF, where Ric Flair fought. And it wasn't Hogan, because they would never do that. Maybe it was Randy Savage. But you had a couple of those back in the day where you had it. And many times, you could have the entire promotional rivalry just keep going. Memphis did that for a while. They first did it with Smoky Mountain Wrestling out of Knoxville. Then later on, they did it with ECW. Because ECW basically usurped. Smoky Mountain after they uh, withdrew from the NWA. But cross-promotion rivalries are great. And I had originally planned on doing this with one of my buddies from a former Facebook group where we had a fantasy wrestling organization that we were running. And to have his wrestlers as a promotion face off against Pro Wrestling America. But with the move and everything, I just did not get that set up and... Not even sure when I would even have time right now to even record that episode with him and I talking together. But, you know, hopefully that will come in the future. And there might be more rivalries between promotions as Pro Wrestling America continues to go on. Because there are plenty of spots as the area that Pro Wrestling America uses is huge as a territory. Which is why it is a 
several month process to get all the way through the entire territory. But more for that later. For right now, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology. A reminder for the Moments Meditations coming on the podcast every morning. Here are the Sunday sermons. It's now I am back full-time in a parish that I've been called to. And then also next week will be Confessional Corner, digging deeper into the fourth article, the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. Then we get into digging deeper in the Psalms later next month. I encourage you to listen to all of those so that you might be well-equipped to wrestle with the theologies in the world around us.